Righto, trendsetters, rug up with us this winter. Next merch drop coming in hot. 14th of May, Tuesday, 6pm at alphablokes.com.au. We've got our two hoodie designs. These designs won't be coming back. We've got a light colour. We've got a dark colour. These things are unreal. We can't wait for you to start wearing them around the flats and rugging up next to the fire. 6pm, Tuesday, 14th of May. Don't miss out. Cure them what you want, knee knockers, golden nuggets, thigh slappers. But our friends at Manscapes refer to them as the boys. Not every man has children, but every man is responsible for their two boys below the waist. When your little guys have more hair than they need, trust Manscaped for all your grooming dreams. Boys need love too, so join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code ALPHABLOKES for 20% off plus free shipping. You heard it here first. The boys are back in town. Every man knows how scary it can get when you're going for the close shave below the waist. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Introducing the Lawnmower family, including the Lawnmower Pro 3.0 Plus and the 4.0 Pro and the 5.0 Ultra. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. For the best your boys have ever looked, trust Manscaped. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologise to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Alpha Blokes Podcast. Here to give the everyday battler a voice, delete head noise, one laugh at a time. Let's fucking tear the lid off a better beer, boys. Crack one of these babies. Jog in a can, win the tin. The athlete's choice. The athlete's choice. Cheers, lads. Righto, exciting guest on today, one I've been looking forward to for ages, Brad Cox. Brad fucking Cox. Australian (laughs) country singer and songwriter. How are you, legend? Mate, better than I've ever been in my life. Oh, how fucking good's that? (laughs) Good as gold, mate. First, uh, I I had one of these better beers very intoxicated one time, so I don't remember what it was like. That's all right, eh? Yep. I could get around a few of them. Yeah, Yeah. good on you, brother. Good shit. Mate, you've, uh, you've released two albums so far. And you got the newest album set for release in May, is that right? The big one. Big yeah, one. I've been working on this one for, oh, shit, probably three and a half years now. Since oh, yeah. kind of before the last one come out. Yep. Um, but yeah, man, it's a, it's a big album, 17 songs, the third one. This is like the, this is like the big label album. Yeah. You know, this is the Let's Have a Crack. And, yeah. How exciting, mate. Yeah, man, it feels, it feels good. It's been a labour of love, the... I don't want to talk too much about the pandemic, but I'll have to. Yeah, yeah. At, you know, different times, but like, yep. this album was a pandemic album. You know, yep. I, I recorded it all in Nashville whilst sitting in my office in central Queensland at midnight on the piss, you know, yep. while they're there at 10 o'clock in the morning tracking songs, which was not yeah. the way it was planned, but uh, made for, the, for, you know, for having to uh, spend so much time not in Nashville doing this record. Mm. It's a fucking good album. And I'm yeah. really stoked with that, you know. Like it yeah. could have gone, could have gone very differently, and it did. Yeah. yeah. Well, mate, I suppose it's a good thing that you had during that pandemic. Like you had something to focus your energy on and shit. You reckon? Or like, yeah, definitely. Look, that came in waves. Yeah. There was there was a few different periods of uh, 
hobbies. Mm. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, yeah. like, got busy writing there for a while, got busy smoking dope and playing PlayStation for a while. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah, then sure. um, and then yeah, kind of kind of locked into the the uh, creation of this record. Worked with a guy named Brandon Hood, who lives in Nashville. He's a producer, and he just kind of spearheaded and and um, yeah, kind of made the whole thing happen. Whilst I was kind of spending heaps of money and stressing out in Queensland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, you got a bit of a recording studio at your house or you got somewhere you actually... No, man. No, so the the, the production process of that um, album was... Well, like when, when, you're, when you're an artist and you... Well, this is how I roll anyway. Usually, there'd be a band in the, in the room together playing the songs or tracking what they call it, recording the songs, but without kind of my stuff on top of it. I'll yep. do that later. Um, but the producer's the guy who goes, hey, play this part differently or can you go to this note here or we should put some fucking cowbell in that section. or yep. You know, he's he's the guy that kind of creates the, the sound. Yep. Yep. Um, a lot of artists kind of sit next to him and they do what's called co-producing. They also do that. And to be honest, like I probably should have put a co-producing record um, credit on all of my albums because I sit there and say, you know, play that part differently or can we try that again or do this or... You know, that kind of... Having that vision yourself that you really want to make sure happens? Or? Yeah, vision and probably more just input. You know, the vision's, you know, there to an extent. But once you're there, actually just having some input saying this is how you want it to sound. Yeah. You know, and that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, Brandon, for me, like, I've worked with a few different producers now, but Brandon, with this new record, he's just a fucking genius. Yeah, Man, that's awesome, just, mate. Like, like, as much as I put my two cents in in the producer's chair, like, I don't deserve that credit. Because yep. that guy deserves the yeah. You know, he he's the guy that made that record sound like it sounds. Well, it's pretty cool to find so. someone like that that you know you're really chuffed with afterwards, like the end product sort of thing, eh? Oh, definitely. And that's um, you know, it is a it, it was a trial and error thing for me. There's one song on the um, on the album. It's actually already released called "What Brought You Back." I think I should have brought a list with all the credits on there. Cause so many people worked on this <laughs> yeah. fucking thing. Yeah. Um. But uh, I, I work with Lindsay Rhymes. I wrote a heap of songs with him um, and he produced the first single and I just went, oh, look, it's great, but I don't want the whole album to sound like that, if yeah. that makes sense. And that's nothing against Lindsay. He's very talented. He's had a bunch of number ones and yeah. he's an Aussie guy that lives in um, in Nashville. And, yeah, he's very successful and very good at what he does. It just wasn't the it just wasn't what I wanted for this next res- uh, next, next album. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, kind of went through and trialled a few and landed on... This guy named Brandon Hood. Yep. Just, the weirdest thing is, man, I, f- I feel like I know him so well. I've, you know, I know his kids and, yeah. you know, spoken to his wife and FaceTime his kids while we're working together and I've still never shook the bloke's hand. Like yeah, we've, wow. we've worked so intensively together over the last kind of 18 months. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, it's, cool. it's cool that you can have that relationship with people without meeting them and stuff, eh? Like, there's a lad, like, it's funny mm. enough that helps us with the editing for this show and that. And I talk to him all the time and I feel comfortable as he's a legend. Shout out to BT. But I've never met him either. So it's weird how you can actually have this fucking relationship with someone where you feel so comfortable, like ringing them, hey, bro, how you going? It's like, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, when you really think about it, I probably have that with a lot of people. Mm. You know, like, you'd be the same. But, yeah, working with all different sorts of people in... yeah. You know, radio and labels and all that kind of yeah. rubbish. There's a bunch of them that you kind of talk to regularly and you go, wait a second, we actually we've <laughs> yeah. shared a meal together. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Mate, what sort of work does it take behind the scenes that pre- people probably don't realise to put an album together? Like, obviously there's coming up with the songs and everything, but 
it'd be a fucking massive process, eh? It's oh, look, it's probably too much to yeah to dive co- into like to that to kind of list, but you know, just as a kind of a kind of snapshot, well, you you got to man, everyone's different too. Like a lot of people release albums that they didn't write, so I'll, I suppose I'll talk about my process. Yep. Um, first of all, it comes from having a want. You know, like you've got to want to put together a body of work. Yeah. Because yep. when you start, like you could be locked in for a few years. Yeah. You know, and and uh, musos and songwriters are pretty strange people. Mm. And uh, we're a bunch of weirdos. And it's actually like you could never let that go. I can't, like, I can't imagine kind of going, right, I'm going to write some songs, put out an album, and then not. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. I can't imagine writing four songs and going, ah, nah, we'll do something different. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you've got to have a want for it, first of all. And then, for me, man, all of my, my albums have been different processes. Yeah. Um, the first one I completely wrote on my own. Yeah. second one I'd probably do half-half writing on my own and uh, with other people. And then this one is almost exclusively writing songs with some of the best songwriters in the world. Yeah, cool. And I suppose that's become an evolution of signing different deals and working with publishing companies and all <coughs> that kind of stuff. Um, but for me, it was like, right, oh, it's time to time to do another album and... Um, thankfully with the label we start with a budget which yep. when you're an independent artist you don't do that you know <laughs> yeah when you're in a, you know the, the first one I did independently you kind of go right I'm gonna I've got a little bit of cash and I'm gonna go and spend it and then you go, I don't know when I'll have some more to do a bit more but with with the label we got X amount of dollars and then you start you know you start writing songs and um, for me I wrote a bunch of them in Nashville before the world shut down yeah um, and I was over there writing with a few different guys, um, a bunch of them who you would know songs that they've they've written. Um, Dan Isbell's got a bunch of big cuts with Luke Combs. He's actually one of Luke Combs' best mates. Runs a, well, they still do it, but they, they have a YouTube channel called Brothers Hunt. And they, like that's who Luke goes hunting with turkeys yeah. and you know that's deer awesome. out in Montana and all that kind of rubbish. Yeah. Um, so yeah, wrote a bunch with Dan and 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 a, a bunch of guys. Um, as I said, it was 17 songs, so there's a lot of different writers on there, including you know, writing with the producer Brandon. Yeah, and then uh, and then it's it's on to kind of pre-production, and that's when I think when you have the when you have the kind of work together, that's when you start searching for who's going to make it mm. into what it is, and that's when the search for Brandon and the producer started. And, yeah, you know that took a few different songs and a few different producers and test runs and and whatnot, and then. Um, and then uh yeah a bunch of a bunch of uh conversations and emails and facetimes with Brandon kind of talking through and pre-production and then and then because I don't have a studio in my house at the moment don't know if I will one day but uh a great mate of mine Matt Smith who's actually a guitar player in Thirsty Merc oh um, yeah great bloke very dear friend he has just built a a studio in his at his place in Gimpy which nice. is obviously only just a couple of hours down the road. So for me, that, that process went on to going to Matt and, and then sat in Matt's studio with a what they call a, um, a click, which is when you, when you record music, it's a metronome that keeps you in time. Yep. And then when you're doing it, specifically when you're doing it, they've been doing it for years, but obviously remotely, that, that click's the most important part of the song. So that's where you kind of set the click. And, and I just sat there with an acoustic guitar and played and sang the songs, which never would end up on the record, but that's what the band play to. Yeah, so then okay. I send it to Nashville. Oh. Brandon's sitting in the in the control room. There's probably eight dudes in the studio, or even different rooms in the studio, but eight dudes in there, drums, bass, couple of guitars, keys. Um, 
and they listen to what I played in at, at Maddie's place and played along with it. Nice. And that's, and that's how it worked. And then for me, I was sitting in the office in, in here in Queensland, um, pissed as a chook. <laughs> Fuck, I worked on this album drunk. Because I think, I think for me in Queensland, the session started at 1am yeah, and they went right. through to 11am. Yeah. So there was a few very, very large nights <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where I'm, uh, I'm cleaning out the chook shed, pissed as a chook at, at midday by myself because I've been up all night yeah. on, on the Zoom working on the album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those boys played what, I'm, what I was playing and then, as I said, I kind of sat there all night on, on uh, the internet, on the computer, putting my two cents in and working with them. Then from there, I went back down to Matt's and redid all my parts. Yep. And that, uh, like, you know, really spent a week down there and really worked on each bit. Like, whereas the first one was like, you know, it doesn't matter if you're kind of singing, uh, just like yell a few words. Or yeah. You forget, it doesn't matter because it's all just about the structure. And the, the timing and shit. The bigger, bigger kind of asp- um, bigger picture with the song and then go back and kind of refine all my parts. And Brandon did the opposite. So he was sitting on Zoom while I was there singing and kind of yeah. producing me. Yeah, um, nice, mate. Well, we were here and then... Uh, after that, man, there's a, there's still a bunch more. Like you're only kind of halfway through. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of post production. No, that's why it's crazy to just even some of that. Like what you had to do there just to make it sort of happen, eh? And like those songwriters, because you said you've done your own songs before and working with those songwriters. Is it the same for you as the producer thing? Like you worked better with some, like you clicked better, and others you sort of didn't. Or how'd you find that experience? Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think that's just time in the saddle. Um, you know, like the the guys that I really loved writing with, well, I want to write with them again. Yeah. You know, it's um, And I think, and you notice all the big dudes do that too, like Morgan Wallen, for instance, they, with um with that crew, Hardy, Ernest, you know, those guys, like they're, they're mates, they're great mates and they write together because they click, they get on and they, yeah. you know, but I'm pretty sure those guys started just getting, you know, hey, you should write with old mate and they just become mates and... Mm. Same as same as Luke and Dan and James McNair and all those kind of guys that, that you know that Luke Combs surrounds himself with. They're all they're all blokes. I'm 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 guessing. Yeah, you know yeah. Because I mean? I've started doing the same thing, but I'm pretty sure. Did a it lot come of naturally them, for you? As in co-writing? Or? Yeah. Man, co-writing. I was against it for a long time, eh? Yeah. And I don't know why. It was probably just being young and fucking dumb. And, what, maybe thinking, like, I did this myself, or this yeah. is all me, sort of. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> like, <clears throat> it was very much that. Like, I don't need you, I'm good enough, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. it was that kind of, you know, probably just a bit immature attitude. And then all of a sudden... And the other thing is, too, everyone does it. And yeah. I'm very much against that. Yeah. Like, just in a general, as I am, like, if you're doing something, I don't want to fucking know about it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I want to yeah. know about it. Yeah. But I'm, yeah. I'm going... Running I'm going, my own race. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Not, you know, I, I kind of, as I said, just generally in... Me as a bloke, that's that's who I am and how I kind of run my show and yep. all that kind of stuff. But um, the co-writing thing for me started like that. Yeah. And then I kind of did a few and um, I started writing with a really good mate of mine. He's like a pop folk kind of artist. Um, he's probably got seven cuts on the, the last album. Yeah. So I think like kind of getting into it with, again, people I'm comfortable with. And, yeah. Yeah. And... Um, Stuff like that it was definitely a good way to kind of get into it, and then all of a sudden, like I signed a publishing deal, and um, they were like, "Hey, you should go and write with these big dogs." Yeah, and, awesome. I, and yeah. I kind of went, oh, yeah, "Okay," and then 
you do it and the songs are fucking awesome. Well, I suppose at least you're getting that, um, you're getting steered in the way of you're not going to cop anyone who's really shit, you wouldn't think, right? Like from those people who, who the, that's their profession, like to recommend someone who they think will work instead 100%. of you just going like, oh, I'm going to Google songwriters and fucking, you know, so. Man, and there's a lot of that. That, which is great, and some great songs get get, but, but that's how people start out. I mm. feel like, and some some people are you know, self published for their whole career, and they're very su- successful. But you yeah. know, for me, the biggest thing was going, oh righto, now I have access to the best motherfuckers in the world. Mm. Yeah, like, why, right. why wouldn't you use, use that tools, resource? And, as I said, then I, I did it a few times, and I did it with the same guys a few times. Dan being one of them, and then all of a sudden we were having a few beers and some tacos afterwards, and. You know, you didn't, sitting in Nashville as a 21-year-old kid, all of a sudden you feel like you kind of almost belong or you almost get on with someone because, yeah. you know, it's a it's a little fish in a big pond over there. But, yeah. but once you start making a couple of friends, that, t- that town's a very different town. Yeah. For sure. No, that's so. awesome, mate. I'd hey. to get over there one day. Nash- oh, yeah. Nashville. How many, how many times have you been there? a couple spare livers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah oh, sure. I made a bunch. Oh, Probably not, not stupid amounts. Probably six or seven times now. Yeah, um, you know, a few for a few for fun in the early days. <laughs> I lived in the backpackers there for three weeks and just got drank my way around the city when I was nineteen. Yeah, shouldn't have been. <laughs> yeah, a few um, memories out of that, bro. Oh my word! A couple of mates out of that, that I still keep in touch with. Met at the backpackers. And yeah, how good. Um, yeah, traveling does fucking it's prime. Oh man, I actually it's one of those things that I've I've spoken to my missus about like traveling solo. Not a lot of people do that, and I think I think everyone should. It's um, I never had the balls to. It's it's one of those things though. But I think too, you can do that locally. Mm. You can you can go to Darwin for the weekend. Just go by yourself one time. See, the problem is now, brother, as a married man, the <laughs> missus goes, "What the fuck are you going to Darwin for alone?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah right. What's her name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just getting some life experience, doll. <laughs> yeah, look, and that's what that's the same thing. Sammy's the same. It's like I've, since we've been together. Like I also don't want to. Yeah, you know that's I mean, the like same I'm me, going bro. for a weekend away. You I'm going to boat. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's yeah traveling traveling solos. I think something every young person should do mm. for sure. And I think I think I think you'll notice a big difference in thirty year olds that have compared to that that haven't. Yeah, sure. oh different. definitely. I, yeah. I would love to do it, but um, I would end up in a fucking cartel in the back of Mexico, <laughs> fucking no dramas. Wouldn't mean having this conversation, <laughs> nah, with not all your limbs. Yeah, I'd probably need someone to keep me grounded. <laughs> well, see, the problem me. with you is though your organs wouldn't have been good for harvesting. No, so, that's right. You know you, that would have saved you. Oh, I've just been chilling out in a piggery. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck me! I'm trying to find me fingernails. Made uh, up. Dream, eh? Yep. Let's fucking wind back the clock a bit here. Like, how how did it all start for you, bro? Like in the music scene as a kid. Man, like going back to the early early days. Mum and dad. Uh, my my old man's a well was a the swimming coach, the local swimming coach down Jindabyne. Yep. Um, the New South Wales Stony Mountains, and uh, that meant we were heavily involved with the swim club down there, and and the the district down there is. Um, Jindamon's at the end of the road for everything, but the swimming district down there was all down the south coast. Yep. You know, Bateman's Bay to Marimbula. I don't know if you know the country, but it's beautiful. But yeah, my, my summers were spent a couple of hours in the car, down to the swimming carnival, either stay or do a day trip, you know, overnight. Mm. So we kind of grew up at the beach as well. Um, but, that, but that couple of hour drive, I remember sitting in the car and, and um, mum and dad had three cassette tapes. There was Joe Cocker, 
Shania Twain and the Coyote Ugly soundtrack, which I can still sing every word of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Shania Twain would have been good. Hey. I, I actually, I've, I've got a new vengeance for that song. Because yeah. I've started to notice what it does to women in a crowd. It's terrifying. Not just women, baby. My hips, my oh, hips get going too, brother. Yeah. Hey, on a bender, Shania Twain brings the house down. Not, yeah. You're normally on top of a table. <laughs> Not one piece of me doubts that, eh? No. Oh, bud. Fucking oath. I feel like a woman. Yeah. <laughs> you look like a woman. I'm that hand, eh? But, mate, it's, uh, that's good stuff. So that's where you're sort of on those road trips, eh? Just getting well, back to India. Well, I think mum and dad kind of realised that I was doing a bit of singing. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm guessing, I actually haven't spoken to them about it, but, um, yeah, so they come, I, don't, I remember being about six or seven years old and they come home or I come home from school and they say, oh, would you like to do piano lessons? And I remember having no idea what that meant. Yeah, um, but I went, oh yeah, fucking up, right? You know, as you do as a kid, I think you don't even know what soccer lessons are. My neighbour's six-year-old kid thought he was going to play for the Panthers at his first <laughs> footy, footy, footy yeah. training match a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Yeah. Well, how good was that? Yeah. Anyway, same kind of situation. Um, so I went, and, yeah, kind of did piano lessons, but I was never. I remember the the uh, my piano teacher he used to try and get me to read music or learn how to read music, and I was never interested. Still can't. But mm. I'd, I'd eventually convince her to play what was on the music and I'd just listen and figure it out. And, yeah, you know right. what I mean? I'd just copy her. And yep. Did a few years of that and then, uh, God, I think I did a couple of early guitar lessons. Um, but I, I, I started playing drums and uh, me and me and my, my best mate started a band with another fella awesome. who was playing bass. And, um, yeah, so we used to do the school discos and... Fuck yeah, bro! Four ACDC songs, fifteen times over, kind of situation. Mate, yeah. what was the what was the name of it? Because I'm assuming, like, you know, your first email where everyone makes an embarrassing. <laughs> oh, one. mine was Yeehaw three oh eight. I like that V eight motor. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck oh, we've all got them. Yeah, 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 yeah baby. Yeah, yeah through like. I think I still, up. I think I still log into my Facebook every now and again with my old first email address. Yeah, yeah. fucking oath. I don't, I don't think that means it's not an old email address too. <laughs> <laughs> still using it. Oh. Um, but the name of the band, mate, I can't even remember. I remember we were a few different names, and then we'd Google when the internet come out. Like it was early, not not when the internet come out, but you know there was one computer between three families kind yeah. of yeah. thing and. I remember, or we were in the computer laboratory at school and, yeah, sitting there Googling band names. I remember Blackout being one of them. Well, you wouldn't fucking believe how many bands are called Blackout. Most of them between the ages of 13 and 15 years old. old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I think for a minute there we joked and used to call ourselves Eddie Doorknob and the Bath Mats. Yep. I think that was someone's dad came up with that, which isn't uh, too uh, hard to believe, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, I can't, I can't remember where we landed on the... On the band band front, but but what happened is I was playing drums and singing, and then uh, I, I think I flogged my best mate Raymond. I flogged his guitar, or like I borrowed his guitar off him, and within a couple of months, I was getting paid to play cover gigs. Yeah, right. At the pub. I was about fourteen years old, I think. Just so you picked it up pretty quick. Pretty quick, yeah. Like seven songs, same same deal, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> went, yeah. Went down the pub, played seven songs for three hours. Fuck. Just over and over. Yeah. Um. But uh, the the boys in the band got the shits at that, as as nasty little fourteen year old kids do, and uh, they kicked me out. And there was a bit of a blue there for a few years, but we've we've made up because he's my best friend in the whole world. Yeah, <laughs> good and whatnot. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I think that's that's why they they booted me out of the band. 
<clears throat> and then, mate, the, the kind of the rest is history. I just I started playing cover gigs when I was fifteen and never stopped. Never yep. stopped, and um, yeah, found myself found myself doing cover gigs all across the state, and then and then uh, finished school and went up to the territory, chased a few cows around for a few years. Yeah, and I spent one whole season up there, and then the next season I went up there and played all the rodeos and the camp drafts and a few pubs in Darwin and, and whatnot mm. on the weekends and then I'd just work at the feedlot um, or wherever they kind of needed me during the week. Like, I didn't really work for them, but I was, I did, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I lived yeah. with them and worked for them. And, and uh, anyway, they gave me a bit of kick up the arse and said, what are you doing fucking around up here? And I went home and wrote the first album. Kind of never looked back. I always knew I'd do it. I just kind of didn't know how to get out of the cover, cover gig thing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And they, yeah, they kind of, as I said, gave me kick up, kick up the arse or whatever I needed. And I didn't really know what I was doing, but I kind of just went home and started writing songs and yeah, figured it out. When did you, when do you reckon, was there a point or a song or a place that you played at that you started getting a bit of a kick up the arse, I suppose? Like as in your, your following sort of thing or? Um, there, there's probably two. The first point would be, as we spoke about off, off air a minute ago, was the moment where I went, right, I'm not doing cover gigs anymore. Like, mm. I made the choice to go, I can't, I can't, I can't. Sort of thing away yeah, and go yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm making good money too, you know, as, mm. a, as a teenager. Yeah. Um, but the, that moment of going, right, if I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I can't, I can't charge someone 15 bucks here and then next week play 100Ks down the road for free. You know, yeah. like, it was just kind of a thing for me. I was like, you're either in it or you're out of it. And, um... It's strange getting used to talking with headphones on, isn't it? Oh, you're yeah. telling me I'm yeah. like 200, almost 200 episodes in. I'm fucking like still struggling. <laughs> still crook. But no, the, uh, so, so for me, I went. that was the decision. And I went, right, I'm not playing weddings anymore. I was, I was playing at a wedding. They were paying me like a fair bit of money to be there, you know, at, at the time, four or five grand. Go and play for a few hours. And I, I, I left that night and I went, those people did not get what I what they deserved you know yeah, what I mean yeah. like I didn't give them the heart or the performance or the like I didn't want to be there you know what I mean I went this is this is not what I saw myself myself doing and it was like well I'm making really good money but also I'm, like it's not it was it's fun but it's I just again there's a ceiling you know thing, like right? you're either in it or you're out yeah and, and I, a wedding and I, people have got all different likes of music and they just got to be like like sucked into you, you know oh, what I mean? Oh, definitely. Like, wedding's a weird vibe. Yeah, especially weddings on private property. Very yep. strange. You always get um, that cunt like Cam coming up saying, play this song! Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. And and it's it sucks, you know what I mean? Like as a as a dude who wants to do what I'm doing now, you know what yep. I mean? Like, doing that was hard. Yep. And um, as I said, like uh, the main thing though was like, okay, these people, you know, I, I signed a contract basically and I didn't deliver what they deserved, and I didn't want to. That was the big thing. It wasn't because I was having an off night. I didn't want to. I didn't want to give them what they deserved. Yeah. So that was kind of a moment where it wasn't that moment where I went, right, I'm not doing it anymore, but kind of went, right, I need to make a plan and then stop playing cover gigs, and that was that was the time where I went, right, oh, this is got to really get, have a crack because all of a sudden I found I found some boys in, in my band, and, and uh, thankfully I went, hey, boys, Stick with me. Drive six hours. I might pay you fourteen dollars as an even split on the door, but in a few years, you know, I might be able to pay the rent. You know what I mean? Like, yep, it was, and yep. and they did, man. They backed me, and that's awesome. Um, I've got a new bass player. Jacko left us during COVID, but he's um he's he's still a dear friend and a very talented dude. And we've uh, we've got a new bass player, Jono. But other than that, all those boys, like 
were doing it and there was a moment last year they go, oh, mate, you know, I don't know if you remember, but a few years ago you were saying, one day I'm going to pay you boys this much money and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you realise you'd, like, you're doing that? And it was, yeah, it's That's a really, awesome, mate. really cool thing, man. And those boys, like, they're just so loyal and so committed to this and excited, you know, yeah. about this project. So that was, sorry, that was one one moment yeah um, and then the other one was the first team scene we played it was yeah. just oh wow yeah, what a just fucking what a moment cool. that would have been for you bro like as in it was just, man how'd um, you come about like finding out that you were gonna play there even like well it was a late call up there was a there was a scheduling issue uh, we just had a massive pretty successful year like kind of first year doing stuff with the band and um, got the late call up about three weeks before the gig because of a yeah scheduling issue and uh Made it happen, and we were playing after Thomas Rhett yeah, on, right. I'm going to say, the Sunday night, which is the big night. It might have, it might not have been. But anyway, it was after the main stage shut just in the campus bar. Um, and I don't know. Have you boys been to CMC? Yeah. Yep. yep. That campus bar, like, you probably fit, what, 3,000 people in that tent? Mm-hmm. Something like that. There's probably like five and a half or six jammed in there and all <laughs> spilling out and... You know, it was just wild, and we and we played there, and I was playing my song called "Water on the Ground," which I'm unsure if you're familiar with, but um, like it was just they just roared, man. They just roared, and I kind of went, "Holy fuck!" Like they know these songs. Like I knew, I knew we'd put on a good show. Like I never doubted that. That's been the blueprint with my band since day one. Like we, we're we're an interesting, fun band. Mm, um, yeah. But whether the fucking crowd would be into it or not, I had no idea. And, and then they were singing all these songs, and it was very funny because it was the first time I ever saw boobies while I was from yeah. the stage at, at, at the most inappropriate time in the song. Like, I'm singing Water on the Ground about, you know, um, you know, putting a rifle down out in the paddock with the paddock, and there's just these big old boobies on the, <laughs> <laughs> on the stage. It was very funny. But that was, that was the moment where I went, oh, like, this is really working. Like, yeah. like let's, let's dial this in and, and sort this out because, um, yeah, and then I suppose, like, the, the next moment after that would have been CMC last year, which was just, yeah. Unreal. Phenomenal. How many yeah. sets did you see during that set? Well, none. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking hell. No, you can't see, man. That that gig was wild. Eh? It was We played right before Brad Paisley, sunset, 25,000 mm. people. Yeah. Wow. Like, it was just, it was just, um, man, I, I come off stage so emotional oh. like, a couple of hours after because I kind of went, with, with, with music, there's no real... Um, like everyone measures success differently. For you, it could be getting in front of twenty people and actually just singing. For someone else, it could be making a living. You know what I mean? Like it's so so varying. And and uh, for someone like me, I really don't know what that was. And I come off stage going, I think I, I think this is what I wondered I'd ever feel. Well, yeah. I know that's a strange thing to kind of think about, but I've been chasing this thing for so many years. I don't really know what it is, and I'm still chasing it. But I come off stage going, oh, that's that's it. You know, yeah, that's the, wow. That's the thing. You know, I could have got offered every drug in the world that that night, um, and I just said no. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, yeah, really strange. Really yeah, strange. Yeah, that's and fucking very, unreal, man. Very humbling, and and um, it was, man. It was just two things. It was like I felt like the big dick in the world. You know, I felt on top of the world, and I felt extremely humble. And it took me about two weeks to kind of come mm. down after that. Yeah. So yeah, maybe Sam sees the. The common thread. Right, that's <laughs> yeah. fucking, that's amazing though, eh? Like, 
do you, when you're going towards those events, like obviously you're used to performing in front of people, but how do you handle the nerves? Or did you have nerves differently going into those events? Yeah, man, tra- traditionally I, I don't do nerves. Have another fucking half a beer and get on with it, you know? Yeah. Like I'm, and, and, and like why would I work so hard to be nervous about it? You know what I mean? Like this is, this is what I want to be doing. I've never had it, but that gig, dude. Fuck, I couldn't, I couldn't sit still, man. I was driving. I drove myself to the gig, mm. and I remember like screaming in the car. I felt like I just had four lines of coke, like True. honestly. And I was just driving to the to the festival. I was just so pumped up. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, honestly, it was very, very, very strange and a little bit like a little bit scary because I went fuck off. Like I don't do this, you know. Like I don't, I don't do that. And then adrenaline. Made sure I was out there a couple couple of hours early. And then uh, Adam Eckersley and Brooke McClellan, who were very dear friends of mine, were playing about four o'clock or something. And I went side stage to watch and I couldn't stand there. Like oh. I, couldn't, I couldn't look at the stage, you know. It was really strange. So I had to go back and just kind of, yeah, man. So that, that particular gig. And then I'll tell you, we, have a, we used to have, we're just about to change, a big intro track, kind of hype track before you go on stage. Yeah. And halfway through that, I just went, right, let's do it. And just like never even thought about it again. Yeah, Is that yeah. because you've put the work in? And I you're happy, so. like yeah. yeah, yeah. I think so, man. It just goes back to muscle memory, and like we, we, I, I unnecessarily put a lot of pressure on that gig because, like we, we worked hard for that slot, and you know, all we, mm. we had big stuff going on and and whatnot. So, we had fucking fireworks and all sorts of shit yeah. queued up for that show, and which is not stuff that people in Australia do, you know. Yeah. So we, um, you know, like I put I put a lot of pressure on that on that gig, yeah. and kind of not knowing how it would affect me. An hour before the gig, but yeah, yeah, man, that that track started playing. I just forgot about it straight Bomb. away. Like probably the same yarn that everyone says that does get nerves. You know, as soon as you just step on, it's, it's gone. Yeah. Um, mm. but yeah, I, I specifically remember the moment because I kind of just kind of went right up. It's all good. Let's go. Let's go and do it. Yeah, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, mate, that's that's amazing. No, like just hearing that, eh? Like leading up to that event, oh, yeah. how, how pumped up you were going to it. Would have been a weird feeling not feeling it, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> man, it was it was yeah, it was strange, and you still wonder whether people are going to be into the set. And mm. honestly, man, like there was twenty five thousand people there, eighteen of them were singing. Yeah, it was. It was it, we put on a fucking good show too. Yeah, like, yeah, there was nothing left on that. Um, not that there ever is, you know. We always do that. As I said, the bl- the blueprint for the band was being an energetic and, and mm. an interesting band, but that that one in particular was, yeah, pretty wild. Mate, what's some of the uh, the wildest shit you've seen in the crowd while you've been performing? Like, <laughs> as in, have you seen any fucking <laughs> any wild cunts or loose stuff? Like, I know you've seen some boobies, but a few years ago, many years ago, I was at Cunnanara Rodeo. And I saw a girl fly kick another girl. True. <laughs> like I'm talking 30 metre run up. I saw I was standing on the stage and I seen it winding up. Holy, it's come flying through the air. It wasn't flying kick. She punched her like Superman. Oh, true. true. Just yeah, come yeah. hammering across. Yeah, man. And that uh, that poor little girl was she was toast. Eh? That ambulance had to go. Fucking hell. Is that when you were singing? Like mid. I think we might have been setting up. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, <laughs> we were playing like the after after rodeo cover gig and. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we might have been set because it happened right in front of us. Yeah, yeah. I said the stage was, you know, probably six hundred, but so mate, yeah. that brings me back too. Like, obviously, you're playing at these massive events now. Do you still get to go and perform at like the? It'd have to be a decent size rodeo to get you there. But I mean, do you still enjoy playing at those smaller events like the rodeos and shit? Or 
Man, I'll play anywhere for the right amount of cash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. Money talks. Yeah. No, no, for sure, man. Like we'll do we'll do all of that kind of stuff. Recently I was at Narrabri for a footy festival. Yep. You know, the I think the Reds were playing the Tars in a trial game a few weeks ago. Um done a bunch of rodeos. The last rodeo I probably played was um up in North Queensland, Elite up there, which I think yep. we might have met Quentin a little few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're yeah. gonna head up there and Yeah, I think we'll be at that yeah. rodeo. No, it's all it's a good time. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's a good mate of mine. Um but we yeah, we do all those kind of kind of things. Yeah, if the timing and the scheduling works out. There's not yeah. there's not a lot I'll say no to. I don't do weddings. Not a fan of weddings. Yeah. Um for two reasons. Um yeah, people turn into assholes on pro- private property. On private property. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just, I've been to more weddings and played at more weddings than you can fucking imagine. <laughs> so yeah, I'm bomb yeah. sick of them. Mm. But other than that, you know, like, it's always worth asking. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. yeah. I always hear about them anyway. Like, obviously, I've got people that, that look after it, agents and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, How's but, the yeah. logistics work? Because I'm going, oh, man. like, your band members that, like, follow you around, is any of them local where you're living? No. Um, they are all in Newcastle. All of them are out in the one spot. Finally, yeah. yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. I yeah. moved out, and the rest of the boys yeah. moved you're, in. Because you're dad kissing country, eh? Like Proper dad kissing yeah, country. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Almost yeah. Mexico. Yeah, Jindabyne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right yeah. down there. Yeah, yeah. No, so I'm from Jindabyne. Um, my all my band are from either Newcastle or the Central Coast. Mm. Um, two of my crew guys are in Sydney. One of my crew guys are in Gympie. One of my crew guys are in Melbourne. Wow. Yeah. So the way it works, man, is just everyone tries and flies to a mutual spot and, and we uh, get in the car and we've got yeah. a bunch of cars. And How often yeah. do you just catch up, like even besides a gig? Well, um, it's constantly azing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Every day, if not every other day, you know, it's, it's still, although they're contractors to me, like still employ them, you know what I mean? So logistically we're talking all the time. Mm. Um if I'm with, if I'm in the district for the boys in the band, obviously like my crew guys, I love them dearly. Excuse me. Um, but like my my band, my best friends, you know. Mm, so yeah. we're talking all constantly. If we got a show nearby, we, you know, try and get in a couple of days before okay. and hang out. And Surely that'd that be the way to do it too, brother. Like as in having people that your job, like having people that close to you that you trust and you actually enjoy your time around and maybe can you can talk to to let your feelings out sometimes if you're fucking... Oh, man, you know. Phen- phenomenally well. Like, that's that's actually one thing I'm really proud of with my boys. It's, um, this I'm sure you're aware of these trademark guys, you know, like we've been yeah. around those guys for years. Yeah. Um, we love them dearly. And, yeah, my, my band have this really, really... I don't know what the right word is. Successful awareness of each other. Um, all the shit that you talk about, check in on your... Like, it's constantly happening within yeah. my band, which is, as I said, something I'm so proud of because it's um, it's it's important yep. and uh, and it works. You know, like this this life we live, man, I take... And I'm not, I'm not ignorant to the fact that I take them away from their loved ones sometimes four nights a week for months on end. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... So you got to be close, man. You got to look after each other, you know, because this yeah. is the this is the chosen family. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they've all chosen to to do this. Like, mm. um, I'm sure you, know, you so would have had some do um, people you want to do it with. I'm sure, you would have had some rough sort of like now you're going well and you can provide them this life sort of thing. But you would have went through some pretty tough times, mate, before you actually found success, wouldn't you? Like, yeah, like definitely, definitely tough times. But in saying that, man, there's nothing more motivating than being young. 
not tied down to anything and fucking motivated. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I lived in that ute. I had a Hilux single cab ute with a canopy, and then I ended up getting an uh, uh, enclosed motorbike trailer, and I kind of fitted it out. Oh, yeah. Nice. Bed, couple guitars, fridge. Man, that was like, you can go anywhere and do anything. It's it's tough. Yeah, and there's some lonely days on the road, and they all glamorise in this van life now, mate, you know? I lived yeah. it out of necessity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And had a fucking good time doing it, man. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think... It's hard to say tough times because, yeah, at the time they probably were, but now I'm so grateful that they happen, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm so grateful that I, you know, probably built that resilience and, and stuff like that. Because do you, yeah, and do you um, write some songs based on, like, life experiences like that? Like, as in, if Definitely. you're having those times in the car where you're like, fucking hell, this is a bit bit wild, or some things you bump into, they'd affect your songwriting and that too, wouldn't they? Oh, 100%, man. Three yeah. weddings in a row? Heavy metal. Your mother-in-law's a fuckwit. I've got to respect the logistics because I'm just thinking of me and Tom oh, and God. our families like um, trying to be at events together and stuff mm. we've got. And I'm going, and you, Definitely. everyone in Newcastle and you. Oh, for sure. Well, there is this fantastic application, which you should adopt. My uh, my tour manager actually used it for his wedding to organise all the people. It's called Master Tour. Yeah, yep. everyone can look at it, and it's all anyway. It's uh, I pay someone yep. a lot of money to yep. organise the crew. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong; like I did it for years. I had to, and then got you know got my first manager. He he did a lot, and then moved on and to a new manager, and they had four people. You know what I mean? Like it's an evolution. Yeah, it doesn't. But what, what happens when someone can't make it? Man, there's there's so many different. Airlines don't like when we fly, man. I think we check in some stupid amount, like twenty eight bags or something, twenty eight yeah, yeah. cases. And shit no, like I mean so. like yeah, someone that can't come at all. Yeah, look, that's oh, so basically like with the band. Yeah. Um, if the band can't play, we don't play. It's yep. um, I in this industry, particularly country music in Australia, there's this fucking weird thing, which is I suppose good because it's still a small market where there's these guys that just play with everyone. Yep. You know what I mean? They're session guys. And my, and my boys do go and play with other people, obviously, you know. Yeah. I haven't got them on a retainer where they're just employed by me or anything, but they will cancel that gig to come and play with me. They're extremely loyal. Yeah. Mm. And for that reason, I'm extremely loyal to them. Like, yep. if I can get away with one guitar player not coming and I can either fill that or, or we'll get away with a four-piece. We don't do it often. I think we did it once in the last 12 months. Yeah. Um, but if my, if my drummer, who is probably technically, you know, the musical director of the show can't make it like we don't play mm. yeah covid changed that for the first time we were living in queensland and uh all the boys are in newey and obviously queensland was open for a while there or a good long while there when they weren't allowed to do anything so all these shows came up and and particularly because um uh all these festivals they were the only place in the world that was festivals were happening obviously safely mm. was queensland so all of a sudden we were getting all the call i was getting the call up because i lived in queensland now and uh for the first time, I had to put a different band together, and it was, it was two things. It was very strange and uncomfortable, and it was also really good. I played with some of the best musos in the world. Jeremy Maru was in my band playing guitar. Brad yeah, Butcher, not. another fantastic country songwriter from um, from Rocky. Enzo is Busby Maru's bass player, one of the best bass players in the country, and a drummer from Townsville called Justin. But it was the first time ever I'd played my show with other people, yeah. and I think it was a really good thing to do because I know how much I need my boys. Like my show is, yeah, it's, it's the music and it's the songs, but 
but my show is my boys. You know, yeah, like we, pump each other up to get out there. Yeah, and, and you'd we, have and we confidence too, eh? Well, you'd have Fuck confidence yeah. to say, oh, "I fucking know these boys know what's going." Yeah, back man, with. and that's that was from day one. You yeah, know? and that's that's what that has built that loyalty and that. Um, as I said, man, like I carted those boys around for weekends and go, here's forty five dollars, you know. Yeah. yeah. And also, can you sit in that station wagon for six hours with a guitar imp on your lap? Yeah. Um, like, but that was what they did, and that was off me going, oh, man, I promise you, stick with me. I believe in myself. You believe in me. We're like we'll we'll go. And but that's probably why people happened. would want to go to your shows, mate, and would have good things to say about them because they have a good product every time. Like it's not like oh, it was a bit it was a bit shitty this time or that time. Like you're bringing the same fucking energy to every place. Definitely. Definitely, and I think you know you're always going to get the people. I love the, <laughs> I love the mums, man. You go and play a festival and you do our show and you swear a bit and drink on stage and they go, "You should be a fucking role model." <laughs> and then, and then I don't, I don't like we don't we haven't got one underages show or all ages gig on this tour. Yeah, for two reasons: the venues, but also then you, you know, I'm, I'm on the opposite. opposite. The, the thing I'm saying is I'm on the opposite end of it, going. You know, my fucking my fifteen year old son loves your music, he wants to come to the gig and it's like well all these whinging pricks over here are telling me that the kids are offended. Yeah. So yeah. it's um it, the wild but, world. but the thing is, um yeah, we do we do bring that show. I just fully went off that question, didn't I? Um <laughs> That's all right, mate. You definitely do bring that show, that same show. There's always gonna be times where you have off nights and, and, yeah, and yeah. whatnot as as everyone does. Mm. Um but but yeah, man, it's it's something I'm super super dialed into. I just don't want to go and get another bass player. Yeah, just to fill in, you know. Uh, that's, I mate, I think that's great and a good feeling for you to feel like you have that family environment around you and fucking unreal. Oh, definitely, man. Because we spend a lot of time together. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm in a really lucky situation where Sammy, um, my, my partner's like two is with us. Mm. But um, you know, again, that's only recent. You know, yeah, yeah. Things get bigger. There's there's more money for another flight, you know. But back in the day, man, she's it's all it's all it's all progression, you know. And I'm yeah, in a really yeah. lucky spot where things are things are going well. Fuck yeah, good shit, mm. mate. Um, you've you're very blessed with a, a last name that screens out <laughs> merch. Talk to me because I'm wearing a hat that says I love cocks. Yes, and you do, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me, brother, because that's a fun world that you can dive into. Yes, lesbians love them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. it. Fact. Um, <laughs> Oh mate, they all. They, if anyone's buying one at a show, it's them. Yeah. Um, Shout out to them. Oh bloody oath. My uh, my last name is very very much endeared to uh, merch mm. exhibit A. Yeah, yeah. Um, which has also kind of bended me into a market of I don't give a fuck exhibit B. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What I put on a t-shirt. That's yeah. Not. Um, I've got ideas galore. I've got uh, there's a couple of stubby holders in there that have got lollipops on them. Say so cocksucker. <laughs> um, a few years ago, I did condoms. That was I should bring them back. It was that was early early days. Called them cock socks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was a good one. I, I actually I told that yarn earlier, but yeah, for, for, I thought I got all these a oh, couple hundred of these condoms made, and it's just a sticker printed on the front of a franger. You know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. not flash. Yeah, that's right. You didn't um, design the latex or anything. No, that's no. right. No, they weren't road tested. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't giving a speech about them at the Mardi Gras. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, these are right. a bit more traction in the <laughs> yeah, mud. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah Four wheel drive. But um, anyway, I, I thought I kind of ended up just giving them to. All the boys and yeah. whatever. And I'm thinking, oh, this would be great. There'd be root yarns all all across the country here. These yeah. bloody Frank. Not one. Not one. Didn't hear one yarn. And about two years later, my mate comes to me and goes, you fucking asshole. 
well, what's going on, mate? And he goes, he goes, mate, I've got this 10 back home. And you wouldn't believe it's getting hot and steamy. And she wanted a frang. So I went and found the only one that I could find in the house. And it was the fucking cock socks. <laughs> I thought, for sure, this thing's out of date. And he goes, he whacked it on. And he said, it's all going well and good. And then all I could think about was your head. <laughs> <laughs> it did make oh, me laugh. Because I totally, I kind of almost given up. I totally, like, honestly, not one not one yarn about these frangers. And then two years later, forgotten about him. He comes with that one. I thought it was a perler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. fuck. That's hilarious, eh? <laughs> but yeah, his options are endless. I want to work on um, Brad Clocks, yeah, alarm yeah. clocks. Yep. Um, there's always talk about doing Brad Crocs. Yeah, well, there, Brad yeah, Crocs. Yeah, Brad Just Crocs. been dabbling in them, um, actually. Yeah, don't mind a set of Crocs. <laughs> um, so have you got someone um, sort of working on that merch side for you now, bro, or do you still do that man, sort of I, stuff yourself? I, I, I took it back. I gave it to a, a warehouse for a while, mm. um, and to be honest, like. I just, I just, I've always had this thing where, I mean, I can, know, I know I can make a living out of selling tickets and t-shirts. Yep. You know, it's, it's one thing I don't let a lot of people touch. Um, anyway, I gave the merch to a warehouse. You know, like there's hundreds of them. Fulfillment warehouse. Yeah. They just look after the website. They pick it off the shelf. They pack it. You know. Yeah. But I just, I just, they were taking a lot of percentage for a lot of issues. You mm-hmm. know, and um, can relate. Feel you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just one of those. It was one of those learning curves where we we kind of moved up here, and then there's a big forty foot shipping container sitting there, and blah blah blah. And I kind of went, you know, we have the we now now that we bought a place and we have the shed, and like we have the facilities to take this back. Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy, my partner, was interested, and I'm going. I'd rather pay you than pay them pricks. Yeah. You know? And then the other thing is, man, I'm so I'm so mindful of the um, and aware of the perception of my fans that if someone sends an email because they got the wrong size T-shirt, like I want that sorted out. You know what yep. I mean? Like they're spending their hard-earned cash with me. I want the issue resolved, Brother, not not oh, left. I cannot relate to that enough. Like as in that is my biggest thing too. It's like yep. I want to know that that person who spent their hard-earned, possibly last fifty bucks for yeah, the week. Man. On the shirt, if it gets fucked up, I want to say how to say, sorry, legend. Here, fucking bang! Not three weeks later. Oh, I sent an email. It hasn't. Yeah, yeah, nah, that's, definitely. Mate. That's exactly right. And it's um, you know, like those, those people pay the rent, man. They keep the lights on here, you know. Fuck and that's yeah. and that's yep. important. That's mm-hmm. important. And that's the same thing. That's why I'm so humble when people come to my shows, man. Like festivals are great, but when people turn up to your own shows like this, you know, like this, it'll be the same. This tour we're doing in June. It's like, man, there's a thousand people here that spent their money that they earned at fucking Macca's or a desk job to come spend their night with me. Yep. They deserve my best. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're paying my mortgage. Mm. They're, they're letting me live the life of, that I live with my best friends. Like, they deserve, they deserve the best. And it's the same thing with the merch. I just was in a lucky position where we had the space. Sammy was motivated to kind of take it on. So... The way it works with us is we we do all the fulfilment out of out of central Queensland here at our joint up there near Rocky, mm. um, but Sammy actually does a few of the design. She gets on the iPad and draws them up and yeah, this and that. And then uh, I have a I have a graphic designer I work with who's done all the album and everything in Newcastle. Who's a yep. great bloke, Connor. Who does the merch um, at the shows, like selling merch? Sammy does at the moment. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's. Um, I said to her the other day, actually, I said, you know, this tour is probably the last one you're going to be able to do, hopefully, like if, if things keep building. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look what Sammy – Sammy looks after. We'll probably get a few other people to help yeah. um, sell. But the thing is, man, like, no, it's the, it's the old saying, no one looks after your shit like, like you do. Yeah, and yeah. Sammy's got a, f- you know, obviously invested interest in it. Man, she is upselling the shit out of that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. 
it's all very well and good to go and pay someone a couple hundred bucks to stand there and sell t-shirts. But if you got someone who's you know actually invested in it and goes, you look like you need a stubby holder as well. It's like all yeah, of a sudden yeah. there's the there's the fun coupons for Coxie, you know. So yeah. So that's why that's why that's one of the many reasons why Sammy f- travels with us. Yeah, um, it's a lot of learning though, yeah. like you said, isn't it, mate? Like you have to try something to figure out what's going to work better, and that's what we're finding too. A couple of these little things that if we didn't make a mistake, I suppose you'd look back and say now then you wouldn't have never found out the fucking thing that actually works for you. Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly right. And I've got hundreds of those. Yep. You know, mm. But that's Constantly growing, learning. Yeah, man, and, and business is a hard thing. Like, it's all it's all fun and games and, you know, titties and beer and fucking country music and rock and roll, you know I mean? It, yeah. it, it is all of those things. But it's also fucking a series. This is, this is what I've decided business is. A, ser- a constant series of hard conversations that if you leave, you're just going to fucking bite you in the ass. And I've just kind of accepted the fact that when I've got an issue, I ring and I sort it out, even if it sucks, which they usually do. Yeah. You know, that's it's it's a hard thing. But again, like you got, I had to learn that shit. That's pretty yep. bang yeah. on. Eh? You can't be like too nice and just cop it because you'll end. Yeah, yeah. You just got to fucking face things when they come to you, don't you? Yeah, I think so. I've let them. I've let them brew up before, and it never works out. Doesn't work any out better well. for anyone. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure, mate. But this, yeah, this this business is a lot of business. Yeah. It, is, it is sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and but it's also a lot of f- late night phone calls and emails, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which yeah, is, you know, right. it's it's all part of it. Yeah, it's all yeah, part exactly. of it, and they all tell you and they don't tell you, but that's that's music, man. There's no blueprint. Yeah, there's no fucking handbook. You just got to kind of oh, guess your sure. way through it and hope it sticks. And that's even like, um, like to a smaller scale, I suppose. Like us do sitting here talking shit and having a laugh. Like people just turn it on and go, oh fucking these two cunts. It's like, but man, so much like goes into making sure you can do that properly or delivering a good fucking yarn, I suppose, to someone or interviewing someone a good way and putting in your research, not just be a dumb fucking rock up and deliver a shit product. You know? Oh, so, of course, man. Especially like for, you know, especially for you boys. I'm sure you don't have a degree in journalism in four <laughs> years. You know, like yeah, nah. there's a bit of trial and error in that stuff, and you get better at it. And mm. and if you learn to love it and enjoy it, well, you got again, you've got an invested interest in getting better at it yeah and um i think you're doing a fantastic job oh thanks <laughs> i love cox what do you reckon <laughs> what do you reckon we get another beer yeah let's what get another on? beer eh? right right brother so music aside getting an a on a bit more personal level like what do you like to do in your spare time mate well one of the reasons we moved to central queensland from newcastle was for the reef man yeah yep. love fishing i uh, yeah <laughs> I, I did sink my boat about 12 months ago, though. I was going to ask you about that. I got a bit inside info. <laughs> oh, <did Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can dive into that if you'd like. Yeah, fuck it. Let's go. Um, I was out at... Uh, I was actually just listening to the pod on the way down. He was talking about Stanage. And I was like, we left Stanage Bay and I was with... Uh, I don't know if you've heard of the boys from Back to Basics on YouTube. Yeah, A little yep. bit of adventuring and, and whatnot. But uh, anyway, I become good mates with those fellas. And I was out there with Aaron. Anyway... Stanage has some of the biggest tides. I think they are the biggest tides on the east eight. coast. Um, what are they we'll, nine meters? I think six and six, a half six, is yeah. like a ma- is like a big tide. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry. Like further up, it's nine, but isn't it like Cape York and shit like that? Wouldn't know. Yeah, wouldn't know. New, new to Queensland. I'm a, I'm an honorary Queenslander. Yeah, as of a couple of years ago. So. <laughs> Stop kissing dad. What's, two years what's, ago. <laughs> <laughs> what's a king tide around? Um, like Central Queensland and Yapoon four four something. Like not... I'm hopeless with yeah, that. I think four four something. Yeah, yeah four and a half. I yeah. Think. Um, so to jump yeah, straight to six. Yeah, well, Quino's onto it here. But yeah, anyway, so big fucking tides at Stanage. 
Big tides. So we've steamed out there and uh, we literally, we got there afternoon, I think we had a quick reconnaissance. And then the next day we went out for a dive and got a couple of trout and a couple of crays and kind of just did a lap. We were there for five days or six days. Um, right. So we kind of just did a lap of the island and kind of just got our bearings a bit. and Yeah, had a, had a bit of a fish and I can't remember what happened um, that afternoon. But anyway, we've, we've, uh, th- the weather blew up a little bit, but not much. Anyway, so I've, I've anchored the boat way off the beach, like a couple hundred metres off the... I was fucked by the time I swam back to the, to the sand anyway. Um, put a big mob anchor rope out, which is what you do. Like, I'm, I, I am a new boat owner. I've been on boats my whole life, but I'm a new boat owner. So I was, I was out there with some very, very experienced seamen, Aaron being one of them, another some Stanage local who's, you know, worked on... He, he's been in the ocean his whole life. Um, so got a lot of, you know tips and, and, and I'm, I'm, I've got no ego when it comes to a boat like if I can do it better tell me yeah, um, yeah. so I was you know it was a it was a community kind of decision and, and strategy and anyway we 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 knew the weather was going to blow up a bit so Aaron was camped on the beach he's like I'll take the torch we'll get up we all got up every half an hour there was someone out there eyeballing that boat and then the weather must have blown up between probably 3.30 and 4.30 in the morning whereas if you've been up checking a boat all night that's about the time when you're going to fall asleep and Forget about it. Sure. Anyway, I think it was dead low tide and it started blowing about 35 knots. And I think what's happened is it would have happened very quickly. The anchors dragged and um, I think the boat hit the bottom. Thankfully, we weren't camping on the boat. If we were camping on the boat, it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have sank because we're on the beach. I think it hit the bottom and turned sideways. A couple of waves over the side. There's 400 kilos of weight on one side and it just turtled over. So, oh. What was it? Um, Ivan Cab? Six metre plate centre console. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we we were now marooned on the island, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was which was you back know, to the basics. Yeah. Anyway, someone come running up the beach. Goes, mate, the boat's gone. I was like, no. Anyway, went down there and said, oh fuck, right. Oh. So we gave it we gave it about an hour till the sun properly come up, and we all got the masks on and swam out there trying to set. There was shit all up the beach, eh? Like, I'm talking a few hundred metres each way on the rocks, eskies, yeah. tackle boxes. Aaron oh, Aaron no. had about two cameras, oh, SD no. cards. Oh, I had a carton of ciggies, <laughs> you know, yeah, all yeah. the important shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, we kind of salvaged what we could and whatnot, and there's a caretaker on that island, and we ended up getting it, you know, cut off the anchor and towed it around to the lagoon and whatnot. Anyway, so we're, we're kind of half-stranded on the... On the island with no boat to get home, we got up the top of the hill, and um, I think that yeah. Anyway, we got on we got on the sat phone or whatever, and called the coast guard and said, "Oh, you know, um, we, we've had a bit of mischief here, and can you just come and get us?" And they were like, "Oh yeah, we're just mustering some cows, but we'll be out there this afternoon." And we're like, "Oh, well, we're all kind of safe and dry, and could you come Friday?" <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, excuse me. That's awesome. And I was like, oh, well, yeah. Well, we've got Tucker, and you know, we'll we'll be right. We've got a bit of water, and we're having just coconuts here. Well, can you come Friday? Oh, I'm right. I will see you at the you know the top of the tide Friday. Anyway, so the next couple of days, we had a few we had a few fish fillets left, I think, from the day before. But Aaron Aaron had his rifle with him, and uh, he got permission from the caretakers. They have a big mob of goats. I think back in the day, the some early settlers threw some goats off on this island for Tucker, like for yep. shipwrecks. Yeah. You know? So 
Anyway, here we are on the beach and smacked a couple of goats and <laughs> nice. cooked up, uh, yeah, cooked up a big mob of goat curry and I think there was two different goat curries and then one of the young fellas were there, okay. we were butchering up on the on the beach there and and he goes, oh, you won't eat the nuts and I was like, yeah, well, you want them? Anyway, I've cut them out and as a point, I've eaten plenty of nuts before anyway. And he's just one of those fellas that just hadn't. He was kind of making a bit of a joke. Mm. Anyway, man, I went up there and I sliced them all, I breaded them all, and fried them up. Mate, he ate the whole plate. He loved them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. The anyway, Kim- the yeah. Fucking, what do they call it? Uh, Kimberly, Kimberly oysters. oysters. Yeah, or, or, yeah. I think. Uh, well, in America they call them prairie oysters. Yeah, right. But yeah, anyway, a good bit of bush tugger there. <laughs> WA calls them something different as well. I think. Mm. I don't know if I've heard what WA call them. It's not no helping they, the father and law out when we're you know, the cows and that. Yeah. I mean, they're only little sort of things. I think the dogs eat them. I wasn't too keen to, you know, I'm a yeah. bit of a sook when it comes to food, bro. <laughs> oh, we used to, we used to cut them and put them on the branding furnace. Yeah, right. Eh? The territory yeah, and, and the dogs would knock chew. them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good, Tucker. It's good chewing. Yeah, right. Eh? Um, oh, I'd never eaten goat's balls before, but, you <laughs> yeah. Know. Anyway, they were fine. But, yeah, we cut up a couple couple, couple goats and had a big cook-up and got some coconuts out the tree and... Shucks a big black blue oyster. Like, we had a fat time, man. Yeah, just... I was going to say, that would have been like force you to just go back to basics and just, uh, it just was, live man. for a couple of days. It was, and Aaron Aaron said to me, he's like, man, you're handling this pretty good. And I was like, oh, well, you know, it's shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I sank me boat, but, you know, it, it, it happens. And he's like, man, I'm pretty – I'll never forget it because he said, I'm pretty impressed, man. He's like, I've had people, you know, airlifted off tinnies with spears through their feet and some really bad shit. And he's like – you know, you're exactly right. It's the boat sank. Like Sinking still boats here, mate. and shooting goats. Oh, have you heard that one? Everybody <laughs> 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 put you onto that. That's a uh, yeah. yeah. I ended up. That was actually funny because it was. Yeah. Anyway, we had a good time. We got back to the mainland, <laughs> but I went to write. I went the next week. I went down to Brisbane to write some songs, and yeah. I jumped in a room and with this poor fella. I can't remember his name. <laughs> And he's like, what are we writing about? I was like, well, dude, I have to get something out before I can do anything. Yeah. And I just told him that yarn. And mm. so we, we did. We wrote a song called Sinking Boats and Shooting Goats. Yeah, I've heard it, but I haven't sent it to anyone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of those ones. I think it's uh, it's one for the boys. Yeah. It's uh, in past. I might put it out one day. Bloody good maybe. tune, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a but few mate, versions circulating. Uh, yeah, but no, it's, that's, uh, that's fucking one of those experiences that you probably won't forget. That's talking about, yeah, talking about sinking things, let's yeah. sink this shot. It's probably room temp. That's all right. The old wet pussy can't really go too wrong. Cheers, Frost. Good Friday. Yeah. Fucking sour. I told. That is, is not what I expected. Sour puss. Mm. <laughs> but mate, it all makes sense now. Yeah, mate. Uh, now Knuckles, a mutual uh, friend of ours, got a sniff. You were coming on for a chat. What a man. And he, uh, yeah, that's right. And he asked us to ask you a couple of things. Now, one was about the sinking boats. <laughs> but he also said to ask you about um, if when you were going back to the Swains in his boat. <laughs> going to the Swains was fine. Yeah, right. I hugged the engine cover for nine hours on the way home, though. <laughs> <laughs> True, she blew uh, up. This is the it. cat. Uh, it was a big plate boat, big 10-metre oh, yeah. plate boat. <laughs> we went out there. <clears throat> it was beautiful. This was after we patched up the hole in the marina on midnight on the way out there, you know, 250 k's off the fucking east coast of Australia. But we'll just, you know, plug up the fucking hole before we go. That's Nuggles for you, eh? Anyway, um, <laughs> it was fine. We had a great time out there. They got cleaned up on fish. What a, what a specky part of the world. Have you boys been out there? 
No, nah, I've been offered a few times, but um, I haven't dabbled much night. right out there. But I'm fucking yeah. It's um, it's very eerie. It's there's nothing, man. You just it's you know you feel like that fucking toothpick on the globe. Bro, I think that's why I, I get a bit crook out there. Like I, I think I just drill the old seasickness tablets, but I think it's in my head sometimes. Like being out there and looking around, and then it just all sort of comes, and you have a little freak out in your head where you're like, Ugh. "Oh yeah, I have that too." Yeah, I have that too. You got to talk yourself out of that. I think. Mm. Um, I'm sure there's people that don't get that, but I definitely, definitely did. Yeah, talk myself out. Pretty loose. What you're doing, but because you're not on charter, with and you can jump in a dory, going off to the reefs for the day, come back for a cooked meal. Yeah. You're in the one boat out there. Yeah, man. It's um. Yeah, but I think I, I like that too. Yeah. I like that too. I would love to do I'd love to take my old man on the chart at Swain's. Yeah. I don't think he'd ever go out. I would. I probably wouldn't put, take him out, you know. I wouldn't mm. put him on the on the boat that I was on. The boat was fine. The weather blew up. It wasn't unsafe. Yeah, it was yeah. just fucking unpleasant. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, big 10-meter boat. We were loaded with fish on the way home, and it was just probably blowing 22 or 25 knots the whole way. But the thing was, I was like, oh, beauty, I'll jump in the cab for a sweep. Nah, fat cunt's too fat. Get back, <laughs> Get back there. Oh, yeah. Get so back. Thank, thank God I had some uh, – I just had my headphones on, man. Honestly, I just did nine hours of podcast and music and just hugged that big engine. It was a big inboard. Yeah, right. So just a couple cushions on there and try, and try and hold on, but she was a long nine or ten hours on the yeah. way home. But in saying that, we had a bite ton of fish there. Yeah, I'm probably yeah. only just getting through it now, which is yeah, which is right. Good, so. <laughs> yeah, that's the guy. It'd be but, pretty good out there, like eating the fresh fish that sort of comes on too, wouldn't it? Like, man, nothing, nothing better. You're saying some of the personal shit that you love, like that's it, that's mm. it, mate. Pulling up, pulling up a big red, cutting a slab off it for a fish wrap. Yeah, two hundred k's off the east coast of Australia, where there's a reef out of the water and it's glass. Like it's just, it's just phenomenal, man. Yeah, I'm just falling in love with it. It's pretty it's, special, yeah. eh? It's now, awesome. Now the sort of shit, if you nail those times where like you might be out there on one of the best days ever, like that's the sh- sort of shit that'd stick with you, wouldn't it? Like, Definitely. Remembering those things. Definitely. I think um, I, I think there's a lot to be said about like experience on the ocean too, because whatever's happening here in Gladstone could be totally different out there. Like it's almost like its own. Uh, this is totally me guessing and fact checked. But from what I've noticed, it might be blowing twenty knots here, and it's it's glassy out there. It's almost yeah. like a different ecosystem or mm. something. It's yeah, it's you, you get those days, and you just go, "This is phenomenal. This is exactly where I want to be." Yeah, and I suppose I've talked before about like camping for me, or those times when you're away from your phone. How it's really good for the fucking just your mental space. Like I suppose being all the way out there, it takes the phone and shit away for a while and it just allows you to just fucking live your life for a bit. Man, I am an absolute advocate about of for throwing the phone in the glove box. Now don't like obviously there's a safety aspect to it with camping and all that kind of stuff, which is I think something that everyone should be on the forefront of. But man, there's there's nothing I love more than going, don't fucking ring me. Because mm. it's not worth, you know what I mean? My phone's in the glove box. Talk to you on Tuesday. And I've had to learn how to do that. And I think everyone's had to learn how to do that. But I've, I've been really successful at it. And the fucking better you get, the more brutal you get, and the better it is for everyone. Because you're giving more of your focus and more of your time to the people that you need to be talking to. Yeah. Because you took the took the moment for yourself. That it's me at the right time, because I really need to work on that. Like that's It's it just hard, too, sometimes when you've got that head noise going, well, when do I get back to it? Fuck, I've got some built-up shit. Yeah, mm. and I think you just learn to be okay with it. And yep. I think as shit, as shit gets bigger and bigger and builds and you're more in demand, and I think it's just... It, there's just no other option, man. You'll, you'll implode. I've just decided that. Like, mm. my... Probably after COVID, too, like, I've put a lot of weight on my general well-being... 
and my joy. And I think, like, why are we doing... If there's no joy in your life, why, why are you doing anything? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I've just kind of really learnt that that's, that's an important part of me or what I do anyway. And for me, it's turning that fucking thing off. It's, yeah. it's throwing it in the glove box and going camping. And, and that's why, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but at my shows, man, it's second song in, the last show I've done, I said, put, the, put all them phones away. Mm. When, when have you ever videoed a, a gig and listened back and gone, oh, that sounds great? Never. Nah. Never. <laughs> Mate, it's funny. Like, I'm the same with that, and I have been for the last few years. Like, I, if I go to something like that, I do not film it either. And I always think, because I, I remember I've done it a couple of times. I went to a couple of festivals, and I'm like, oh, everyone else is doing it. <laughs> Started filming. I did not watch it once. Like, not even once. Not even later that night to be like, oh, that was cool. Yep, not even to show you So business. I'm just like, well, you may as well just tuck the cut in the pocket and just live there and be yeah. like, how good. I yeah. can play devil's advocate because I like to look back and just see what I've done for the year. Oh, yeah. And I'll just go, oh, that was a camping trip. I did go camping then. Of course. Oh, that was that band. What was the atmosphere like? I love looking back at me whistle and, and then and then tell a nightclub just filming yeah. constantly. Yeah, I get, look, I get, I get that. I think for me though, like I don't, it, it drives my crew up the wall. I don't take photos. I just, mm. man, I struggle to open my emails. Like I've, <laughs> I've become so ignorant to it, and which is a really bad thing. But I'm just so lucky that Sammy looks after me and yeah. and sorts that out. But but um, I, I remember the exact moment where I decided that I was going to stop doing that, and I was I, I I signed the record deal. I was living in Newcastle, just in a rental. Mm. I signed the record deal and I walked straight in the fucking jet ski shop with no jet ski license and said, I want that one. <laughs> like, yeah, prime. For the first time in my life, I had a paycheck that wasn't, you know, like I should have invested back into music, but also it was the first time I had money in my bank account and we just went, oh, fuck you, I'm going to buy the big boat, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which was really kind of, it was kind of an amusing moment for me. Anyways, I bought this fishing jet ski, like the brand new fucking Sea-Doo, Flash yeah. as, <laughs> cut, you know, pro, 25 yeah. grand or whatever it was. And, um... It was great for what, I, for what I use it for. That's a different yarn. But I remember the, the moment that I stopped deciding that I needed to film cool shit Yeah, was I, I went out of Newcastle. I went out of Swansea Harbour and the jet ski early one morning, like just before daybreak. Mm. I was follow, I had no idea where I was going or what I was doing, but so I was following a boat. I was just going, oh, I'll just follow this prick, see where he goes. If he gets too far, I'll stop, you know? Yeah. Anyway, all of a sudden this fucking whale come up about 50, sorry, more than that, 300 metres in front of me. Oh, that was cool. Kind of poked over there. Turned the jet ski off. Whale come up within 30 metres of me. And the oh. first thing I did was reach for my phone. And I, I literally remember the moment. I opened that hatchet and going, you fucking idiot. And I slammed it, man. And I sat there for 25 minutes and just like breathed in the energy of these whales just fucking playing around this tiny jet ski. And I just remember that moment. I said that would have been a totally different experience if I was trying to get it on my phone. Yeah, and yeah. I just, I rem- I'll always remember that. And I've... I've Obviously, it took a little while to get really savage at it, which I am now. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, that was that was the moment where I went, me breathing in the energy of this and and um, you know experiencing this firsthand, quiet just before the sun comes up is so much more powerful. Telling someone that, yeah, than, that's they're that's going, hey, look cool, what I saw like. this morning. You know? How do you how do you go with then hanging out with the back to basics blokes when they're almost they've almost got a camera on twenty four seven because that is their job. Well, I suppose the thing is, for me, it's my personal phone. People yep. still thought, like, like Sammy still takes photos of me, and yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, mm. we travel with a photographer. 
But the thing for me with that is it's just my stuff. That's Hence right. why, yeah. That's why I don't have Facebook and Instagram. I've got back on it for six months, and I've been back off it for six months. I was off it for twelve months. But mm. the thing is, it's just my shit. Like I still have my business stuff. I yep. can still see people commenting on my business, and you know that kind of rubbish. But you, f- my mates from fucking. Year 10's little sister that I haven't seen in 10 years got engaged. I do not give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, that's, and that's the, yeah. I think it's just the personal thing. So it is always still strange hanging around cameras and I find it weird, but it's also, it's part of the gig, man. Yeah, yeah sure that's you right. Boys yeah. That's like the thing with us too, I suppose. On the personal thing, like for me, with that at the concert, like we're moving into a space now and we go and do shit, we're going to have to film it and document it and have fun with it and that too. But for me, that's a work thing and you can be passionate about it and you're trying to build a video when it's my time and I'm going to do something I think that's when I'd be like I don't want to film it you know yeah it's sort of a different it's probably it's I'm still finding it I'm still learning it you boys would be exactly the same there's got to be some kind of line between hey these people pay my rent and I just need to be with my family right now Mm. and I think you just everyone's probably different you set your rules like for instance if I'm having dinner if I'm eating a meal with someone and I, I won't get a photo with you yeah, I, yeah. I just say, hey, look, I'm I'm eating. I'll I'll try and find you afterwards. You know, like it's just my one moment where if I'm sitting down at a table with people, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you just find your you find your your thing. But I've also barked at fans before. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I used to get really, I used to get really kind of offended that people would compare me to Luke Combs. Mm. And then I'll never forget that either. One day, my drummer of all people, who's not the guy you expect to say, is he just fucking slapped me and goes, oi. That cunt's paying your rent, pal. You cannot react like that. Excuse me again. Um, but he's like, you can't react like that, man. They're fans. They're paying your rent. He's like, I get it's annoying, but this is what you signed up for, you know? Like, yeah. just he wasn't saying don't do that. He's like, but just, 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 th- just think about, it. just think about it. Yeah. And I kind of went, you know what? Yeah. And also, who's the hottest bloke in country music in the world at the moment? That guy. And they're comparing you to him, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, that's a good way to look. Yeah. yeah, but all those kind of things, like, yeah, I just had to learn. I had to learn how to react to it and I had to learn how to say no. And, I, you know, everyone would be different. You find your, mm. you find your pocket and you're always going to be an arsehole or someone. So. Yeah, oh, well, mate, it's hard. Like, if you're always in the spotlight, it's like everyone fucking has days when they, make, they might make a mistake. You're a fucking human. Or you have down days or something, eh? Like, oh, of course. Yeah, I think just, you know, it's just a general respect. I think I don't really understand people, like, fanning or, like, sw- you know what I mean? Like, that thing that people do. Mm. Because I've always kind of I've always kind of subconsciously known that I wanted to do this. I never comprehended that people don't see people that they hold there as people, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's, it's this upper fucking yeah. level sort of thing. Yeah, and they just, they go they go crazy, man. Some of the shit that fans have said to me, man. So I'm going come up to me at a show and goes, with her husband, did you know you're my hall pass? And I was like, what would you like me to do with that information? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> what yeah. did you say? I, I, I think exactly that. Yeah, I yeah. Think, I was like, okay, okay would you... Uh, yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what do I say now? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We can proceed Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> I'll check me going. <laughs> oh fuck it. Yeah, up. people. Yeah, people just say they say some weird things, man. But I, mm. I think it's just taken me a minute to learn that because I've never had that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like even I've met some of you know my most famous people in the world, and I've just I've never felt like they were anything other than. Just one of me. No, you like, know, like you us. respect, but like you can respect. That's like the same with me, I suppose, with like footy players and stuff like that, man. Is that I respect that they're fucking unreal at their class, 
good on you. Like respect blokes who really get – and women that really get into a field and they're really good at it. Mm. But at the same time, unless they're like huge level, like holy fuck sort of thing, I'm not like taken back and like, oh, my God, that's fucking of course. such and such. I'm but like, other people hey, are. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. That's what other people are. And it's, I've always found that weird. Mm. Like if – yeah. I've always found that. Like getting offended that I said no – because I was having a meal, mm. but the way I said it was, "Hey, I just I don't I don't do this while we're having meals. If you're around in twenty minutes, come yeah, and find yeah. me." Oh, you know, sure. but they but they see it as no, fuck off. Yeah, you know, like I uh, haven't met anyone high profile that hasn't just been a normal bloke. That's what I'm finding. I'm like, these are just normal people. Yeah, man. I I feel like. I feel like exactly the same. There's probably one or two where you go, eh. going to say I was the same till a week ago. <laughs> yeah. With old Katani Stags at the fucking Caxton. Oh, no good. <laughs> oh, anyway. But, um, <laughs> I, oh, yeah, that's right. But I but reckon normally, there's, yeah. there's normally some A-grade footy player in this town that thinks he's fucking top shit. And yeah. I couldn't give a fuck. But but normally it's good, eh? Like you meet someone and you just be normal to the to the bloke or the yeah, chick, yeah, and it's yeah. fucking yeah. That most of the people are just normal people. Ninety percent, yeah. That's no, right. That's, that's exactly right. They're, yeah, they're normal people who are just on TV sometimes. Mm, you know, that's it's, right. It's the only difference. Um, mate, you you mentioned before your record, and we didn't really dive into that. How that come about for you, and and what sort of feeling that was like. How how did that sort of come to you, man? Like signing with a record label, and how has that changed your life? Um. I think the way it came about is the the label. So I signed with Sony Music with yep. um, Sony Australia, um, and it came about. I think they were in Tamworth one year, and I think basically we were just the talk of the town that mm. year. Um, we we um, we very much you know we're we're carrying on and and uh, doing some cool cool shit and and whatnot. <clears throat> anyway, uh, I just started working with my my current manager Kurt Bailey. Um, and yeah, anyway, set up a yarn and a couple conversations later and Dennis Handler was the boss at the time who's, who's since moved on. Um, but I met him and just clicked straight away. He's a big footy man, big Queensland man. And it was actually the day after origin. He was wearing a blue suit and we just, we New South Wales had just won. Oh yeah. And, um, and I, I walked, every, everyone, everyone's like, you know, Dennis, when he was at, at Sony, um, you know, he was very, very well respected. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, I remember walking in. Like, everyone kind of danced around him a little bit and a little bit scared. You know what I mean? He's quite an intimidating fella. And, mm. and he's, I've walked into this pub and he's got a blue suit. And I was like, oh, Dennis, Brad Cox, here you going? Would you lose the bet last night or what, mate? And I was, I'll tell you what, we've been, we've been mates ever since. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, so, signed with Sony. And, and uh, mate, yeah, so I, I'd already had the, my second record finished. Uh, when I signed with them, so they kind of the way that kind of works is they kind of buy that, so they they release that that album. Um, so yeah, this this next one, the new one, is kind of the first record label funded, fully working with them, like fully from working the start. with them from the start, including with the publishing company and the you know the Nashville office and yeah, cool input from the whole crew and and whatnot. So this is kind of the first big big project. And I signed with them in 2019, so it's been a few years, kind of. Kind of coming. Obviously, the world ended for a few years. Yeah, ago. yeah. Um, I've got a question about contracts and stuff like that. You know how a lot of music blokes get fucked over? Mm. How do you go about it? Did you get lawyers and stuff involved? Or can, like, I don't know if you can answer this, but like... Yeah, I can answer like, like, it, yeah. like, yeah, it was a, a scary thing because you would have known about how many people have been stuffed over. Yeah, and, very much. I think the narrative of stuffed over with the record label comes from very angry people. Like, you know, people that have been stuffed over. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. But who knows what to, to like what Like an, an X Factor, like, 
Yeah, of course. There, I think the thing with the contract is everything is negotiable. So I got no idea what anyone else's yeah, yeah. deal is, mm. but um, obviously it's it, it, it's a big consideration. And yes, I paid a lawyer a fucking fortune to work with him and get it right and and whatnot. But but I'll, I'll also say this: yeah, there's a lot of horror stories, but I love my Sony Music crew and they really work hard for my shit. And, yeah, and I'm I'm really happy where I am for now. Will that sure. will that be a matter of um, trusting your manager too? Like Definitely. As, like as in you got to whoever's managing you got you literally have to go like hey bud my whole fucking life and career is in your hands and that's the point of it right oh, 100% and that's you know but that's what you pay a manager for is to advise you on on the big calls yeah um and uh, uh, you know I'm in a great situation where I I feel like my management my my direct team are really on board and and um and and I'm actually losing one of my guys Nick shout out to Nick first shout out today yeah <laughs> Um, to, to his own project. But I'm very lucky that they, yeah, I feel like they really understand who I am and, and really work together and, you know, they'll throw everything at me. But at the end of the day, man, I'm the, I'm the boss. It's, yeah, my, it's, my, it's my name. It's my career. I'm the boss. So if they, if they really advise against something, they'll let me know. But at the end of the day, it's my call. I guess mm-hmm. where it can go wrong is if you took off straight up and you didn't have that team around you, your manager, the right people to talk to, lawyers, and that's when someone might sign something that's... Oh, for sure. For sure. And look, at the end of the day, like, yeah, the record labels are business, man. Like, they're, trying yeah. to, they're trying to make cash, mm. you know? Um, but I'd say definitely, like, I'm sure people have come unstuck with yep. that. And, I, yeah, I'm just really lucky that I've, yeah, kind of built the built the team before that and, and, and whatnot. But even so much, like, the, my managers, like, their job, as I said, I pay them a lot of money just to, you know, make just advise me on big calls yep. a lot of the time. Well, it's not what it feels like sometimes, but it's so important. They put you in touch with the right people, like mm. the right lawyer that you're going to pay a fortune to to work with on a contract. Th- who introduced me? My manager. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like he's the guy who got it onto it. So I think, yeah, having being lucky enough to have a team that surrounds me and I really feel like has my best interest and my business's best, best interest at heart is invaluable. Yeah, it's, it's, sure. it's really invaluable. Yeah. yeah. Mate, um, so about the album, well, let's fucking touch on that before we finish today again. Like, how do people get ready to listen to it, or what's the best way to, to, to you know, know when it's coming out and actually get around it? Yeah, of course. Well, the uh, the album comes out on the 5th of May. It's the first day of Magic Round. See you there. Yeah. Going, up, going <laughs> to Brizzy to celebrate. If you love Cox, head there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll hide a few hats around the stadium or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the album's out on 5th of May. Um, yeah, it's up for pre-order and that at the moment. Um, the pre-order thing is very much so the album charts, which I don't give a fuck about, but yep. it keeps the label happy and they keep paying, paying my bills. Yep. So we, uh, we, love the, we love the pre-order thing. But you can do that on um, yeah my, my website. Um, or JB Hi-Fi. Yeah. Or, What's or, your website, yeah. brother? Is that just... uh, It's IamBradCox.com, which I am. Yep. BradCox.com. Fucking nice. Um, Easy duck. But, yeah, you can jump on there and pre-order. As I said, Sammy and I are running it all out of in central Queensland, so it, um, that's how it works. But, uh, yeah, mate, big big album. That's out on the 5th of May, and then we start the tour in June, uh, which would be, be a big tour. We're doing uh, Adelaide, Perth, uh, Sunny Coast, Brisbane, Kingscliff, which I think is northern New South Wales, and we do a weekend in uh, Victoria, Melbourne, Geelong, and well, that might be it in Victoria, and then and then Sydney, Sydney, Newcastle, Wollongong. 
and they're big rooms and it's going to be a fucking great show because we're just about to put it together. Yeah, wow. That's awesome, mate. Mm. Meat stock oh, next weekend. Yeah, meat yeah. stock Toowoomba. It'll be, mate, we played that last year. It was just, it was huge. It was really good. I'll show you the meat Ferris wheel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm very job. looking forward to it. Yeah, um, fucking nice. It'll be a good time down there. But yeah, we're just, um, my, my drummer and I have been working on the new show with the new album songs for the last couple of months and I'm heading down to Newey, start putting it all together with him. And yeah, nice. It's, uh, yeah. Exciting it times good. for you, bros. Yeah, man. Well, I know it must be exciting because Edgeman's ringing me twice a day going, what do you reckon about this? What do you reckon about that? And he's fucking working his ass off and he's pumped. So cool. it's, uh, it's an exciting time of the process. And this is one thing I always say is, you know, I love writing songs. I love recording songs, but... Playing live is that's the fucking drug. I'm addicted to it. So yeah, right. My, so that's when it's your happy place. Like it, yeah. that's when you're like, this is what it's all for. It's my it, man. I I don't know how many times I feel like quitting, and then we get on stage for an hour. Yeah, you know, oh, it's that's like awesome, mate. Not ninety hours of shit for one hour of of, of fucking joy, and, and on stage it just makes it all worth it. And you reckon that'll be there forever? Like that feeling, you'll always get that fucking feeling when you're out there. I think so. I yeah. think so for sure. I, as I said, there's you know. Taking taking people's money, taking people's hard earned money, I feel like it's a big. Not, I don't know what's the word. It's a. You feel a, like a responsibility to put on a fucking good performance. That's, eh? Yeah, it is. I suppose it is a responsibility, you know, to do, to deliver and and it's it's probably one of the reasons. Like I've started getting myself healthy, man. Getting off the durries because like I'm at a point where people are paying a lot of money. They're not paying ten bucks to come and see us, you know. Like people are paying a couple hundred bucks for two people to come and see a show. Mm. Yeah. And um, and I think it's really important for I said it earlier to to be on on top and 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 do the best I can and and um, it's as yeah as you said it's where I feel my most comfortable and most at home and it's uh, I think I'll be chasing I'll be doing it to some capacity my whole life I think yeah, yeah. Sure. oh mate that's that's fucking awesome and like oh I'm looking forward to see it. like hearing the album myself bro and fucking hopefully coming to see one of your shows and mate for like what's the best way for to, for people to follow your your journey or follow where they can see where to go and all that sort of stuff, your website or? Yeah, well, social media still. Social, we're still yep. Just because I don't have it on my phone, like it's still up still there. Going still going right You'll have your tour for the coming months on that website. Yeah, yep, yep. Tour is all up on the website and social media. Um, yeah. It's, and social uh, media, is it just Brad Cox? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Hang on, I'll I think do your favourite. No, I think it is because I, I did have a bit of a look today. Yeah, I think it might be Brad Cox official. <laughs> right, I But uh, yeah, look, hit us on the. As I said, I still got the business app, so people I can still see messages sometimes, mm. and it's rare. But I still, I yeah. still kind of look through the comments and find the bad ones and yep. reply to them. And as our, <laughs> as our first singer. How important is voice rest, or do you get any of that shit? Like, what do you have to do in that? aspect <clears throat> that's a hard one man a lot of people i think a lot of people are different in regards to sometimes people are more susceptible to fatigue with their voice my whole life so far probably up until now is fucking have another beer and get on with it yeah um, that's that's changing a little bit now um you know like the last the last tour I, I <laughs> we did such a big regional tour last year like we we're playing four nights a week for like three months yeah wow and uh, i'd just come off a, an acoustic tour doing a similar kind of thing and i was saying to the boys like you guys have no idea like we are not going to be on the piss first weekend blind all week <laughs> second weekend blind third yeah. weekend no one touched a drink the whole fucking weekend you yeah. know yeah. it um it just it's it's one of those things that uh that, oh, sorry the reason i said that is out like getting on the piss Will, as you know, you go to the pub and yell at people. Oh, mate. I didn't know acoustic tour in Stanish Bay, and yeah. I think th throwing up 
if you're throwing up and having a really big night, you're going to lose your voice. Well, actually, well, I listened I'm... to that episode on the drive down here. Yeah. <laughs> it made me think. I went camping with a mate. We were about 18 and he had the squirt. Same thing. And he's he's buggered off up, up the bush and we're driving out there. It's like a big grassy plain, you know. Grass is probably 800, 700 tall. And uh, there is shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Three days, man. Well, what the fuck did you get up to? And he reckons he's running around that paddock and the long grass is brushing it up. He's <laughs> 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 he couldn't get kept having a scoot around. Couldn't get away from it. Oh, <laughs> oh wild times. Yeah. Shout out to Baz. Yeah, on your Baz. <laughs> on your Baz. Good shit. <laughs> well, mate, fucking thanks so much for coming today. And, oh, of um, course. And like I said, I'm keen to see how the album goes, the tour goes, and fucking everyone, if you want to... Check that out. Follow him on the socials. Go check it all out and fucking, yeah. See no, you next definitely. week for a beer. Yeah, yeah you yeah, talk about we'll, meat stock. So go and fucking hope. say good day to the boys. Yeah, we'll be at meat stock and, and yeah, have to get you down to the show, mate. And, and um, we'll see you up at your pern for a beer. In <laughs> good <laughs> shit. Cheers, brother. Thanks, mate. Call them what you want, knee knockers, golden nuggets, dice slappers. But our friends at Manscapes refer to them as the boys. Not every man has children, but every man is responsible for their two boys below the waist. When your little guys have more hair than they need, trust Manscaped for all your grooming dreams. Boys need love too, so join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code ALPHABLOKES for 20% off plus free shipping. You heard it here first. The boys are back in town. Every man knows how scary it can get when you're going for the close shave below the waist. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Introducing the Lawnmower family, including the Lawnmower Pro 3.0 Plus and the 4.0 Pro and the 5.0 Ultra. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. For the best your boys have ever looked, trust Manscaped. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.